Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi guys and welcome to this week's Snowcast. We're here in Tully's Bar, we're actually in the snug this week, which we're very excited about. We've uh, pissed in our territory there by slapping a sticker up in the snow. Hope the boys don't mind, we're covering a bit of slack paint on. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure, look, I told you to, look, this place is kind of getting run down, like, but I'm actually very excited to be once in a snug, like, we've, we've uh, been in a snug every now and again, but, like, God, this is this is where we live. Like this is this is what we're all about. This is our bread and butter. Like, like we grew up in Philly snow, and then we've kind of created a, sem- a semi-synthetic, like a pseudo snow in Brady's yard. Uh, we 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 didn't get to record in Davies snow or Walsh's in the twelve snows, but we're here anyway, lads. We're flying. The, the that great noise you can hear in the background is a. Uh, the Liverpool Bayern Munich match. We're listening to that here, and uh, we're listening to that. Oh, she's nearly in. Oh. Sorry, lads, false alarm. Um, <laughs> yeah, there'll be a few, there'll be a few jitters. Uh, you all know I'm a, an avid Liverpool fan, and uh, they're playing by Munich at the moment. Tetchy affair, it's about half time. Right, so we're here tonight in Tully's, in the snog, and we're joined tonight by a very special guest. For the first time on the snogcast, we have Smurf, top man from the Thursday Thursday show, and from Open Tim for FM. Oh, and Tom, I was talking about him for a second, he got excited. It's you fucking everything. <laughs> So joined here tonight by uh, Smurf from the Thursday Thursday show, Open Tempo FM, top man, comedian, musician, bit of a jack of all trades. So Smurf, welcome to Snowcast. Uh, thanks very much, lads. Look, uh, we've been flirting for too long on Instagram that this eventually had to happen. So look, daily, daily to actually You're such a big tease, like. In- <laughs> Instagram is the new grinder for podcasts. <laughs> oh my God, your podcast is so good. You should be on my podcast. You should be on your podcast. It was a bit like that for a couple of months and then we kept just passing chips and stuff like that and one thing led to another. But uh, we're very welcome, man. Uh, as you know by now, introduction to the snowcast is always along the same lines Smurf what are you drinking tonight uh, I'm on the yellow belly castaway 
because I was saying to the lads, I've actually I've been gigging out my fucking ears, and whenever I'm gigging, I don't drink. So I'm usually, I'm usually on points against myself, but I said I'd go for something different, something to kind of get the palate going, so grapefruit and sour and all that kind of crap. So then, lovely, lovely point. Yeah, I mean, you're the exact opposite to us. Like, you're professional. When you're gigging, you don't drink. Like, we literally can't start the podcast without, <laughs> without having a drink first. Like, we have the, the one-point limit. Um, so you're on a one-point... Oh, fucking... Here, why? <laughs> I came on this podcast because I thought it was all about beer so I thought I was just going to get in the heart <laughs> no 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 that's not it at all uh, don't listen to episode 5 <laughs> um, so we're here in Tully's in the snug so it's more so on the Castaway Yellow by Yellow Belly on what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm on a super dry brut or brut I don't know how do you pronounce it? I say brut brut, brut. Uh, IPA like, like, the, like the old lads uh, spray spray yeah 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 uh, anyway I'm on the brought uh, IPA by Blacks of Kinsale uh, I tell you what right the first time I like started drinking kind of uh, craft beers or like when you know when you start first craft beer you get because obviously when you're 16 17 18 you're on the Dutch Gold you're on the Fosters you know you're on the, you're on the Carpacky yeah yeah Galahad Galahad yeah 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 you're on the Carpacky or the Car Park Tesco uh, was handy for us so we went on the Carpacky but Galahad Carpacky Oh the little bodies the little, and it always, they had them everywhere like Don's and Tesco little French beers uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't Stella it was no, Beer Adore Beer Adore horrific stuff absolute like worst hangover ever yeah so are, are they craft beers? no no, no, they're, no, not, no, no, no. they're not small they're, they're, they're crafty that's what they are they're fucking crafty but anyway, what I was going to say was that, like, when, when you're starting off, when I started off with craft beers, whatever, the real, like, sh- like strong, blow the head off you, kind of, like, hoppy kind of stuff, like, tell you now, this, this, uh, this brought IPA is a 6.7 percenter, right? And, like, it goes down like a treat, like, you know, like, no, like, really, really light, yeah, go for it. Really tasty, like. Smells lovely anyway. Yeah. First fruity aroma. She's a very dry, clean finish. Yeah. But you wouldn't think she was a half bottle of wine or like, no, you know? No. So like, here, it's like, I, I'm telling you, get on this stuff. Brilliant. So, DJ, on to you. What are you drinking there tonight? Before I tell you, I just want to make a point. Like, Blacks can say, like, they come out with some absolute bangers. Like, they're fucking brilliant. Uh, you should get on to them and try and get down to the sale. Yeah, oh yeah. Well, Spend a night in the White Lady. We go anywhere. We go anywhere. <laughs> we go anywhere. Uh, I'm on tonight. On I am on the um, Dakota. Dakota is by the Sonic Water Brewing Company. It's American um, Nitro Stout. Very. It's actually very similar to Left Hand Brewing Nitro Stout. Do you want to see? Very similar to the, the nitro uh, stout. It's, it's very creamy. Yeah, very creamy. Hint of coffee there. Um, lovely little aftertaste on a palate. Smurf, have a sip of that there. Yeah, Tell me what you think. Of it. I'm going to be kind of corrupted by like the sourness of everything else here now, but oh, your your taste buds are probably live. 
Yeah, there's a really, really nice kind of the coffee really yeah. comes through in it. But like, and this is the thing, I actually don't actually like coffee myself. I don't drink coffee normally or anything like that. But I like it when it's that kind of subtle flavor in, in the stout and stuff like that. But it's not overpowering. Like I think I, I, I love the Dungarvan coffee and chocolate stout, but like it is a bit heavy on the coffee, and I like coffee. But I can see you know someone who doesn't love coffee would be a bit kind of like a bit overkill here now, like with the coffee. So I like. But that is very subtle and it's a lovely it's little it's just a little tiny little bitterness that fucking really lightens the palate up and then it's so there's a lovely little finish there it's it's still just yeah you can get it in the aftertaste yeah like, towards like they always say like when you're tasting beers it's tip your tongue uh, back your throat as well but there's a nice flavour that builds off of that after as well and like I say even for someone who doesn't like coffee particularly it does actually kind of linger nicely and not kind of like strong kill your taste buds you know just kind of hits a little bitter notes on your tongue there just a little bit it's very subtle very nice yeah so um, geez, we have a lovely round of drinks fairness like every time we come into Tully's there's a great selection on like they're never short of anything they're fucking top men it's a savage atmosphere as well here like I think like every, every night we've come in here so far it's been like like we've had like live music on even here tonight like watching a match and stuff like it's not it's not like you wouldn't consider this a match bar do you know what I mean but like this is fucking lovely atmosphere now we have a snow tour set up with like perfect view of the thing and like I don't know like there's some people in here not watching the match like you know like there's other people just kind of like sitting up at the bar and stuff like I, I don't know this is this is quality like nice nice lit candle at the table could be Romantic. I always say kind of like Tully's is a bit of an all-rounder because you do get it, like I have to say personally because I know a lot of lads who play music here they get the top top quality musicians here like um, in terms of like the beer selection there's always something like if if you're up for it there's always something really good up the top of the bar and it's always constantly changing and there's always like a beer of the day and all that and they do their seasonal beers really well but then like like I say if you're not interested in watching a match you don't have 40 lads in here screaming and bawling at you if people come in who are just genuinely interested in watching match like us like we've been sitting in here like the last what 20 minutes half an hour chatting away between ourselves about the match as it's going on you know what I mean but just like kind of an atmosphere within ourselves it's actually it's, it's lovely now like the speaker is right next to us so it's not condu- too conducive to a podcast but it's just a good flavour for you guys listening at home or listening in a car wherever you are of just a lovely ambience and atmosphere it is to watch a match because I love going to a pub to watch a match and sometimes I feel like you know the people especially sometimes they have the big screen which is great if you're sitting far away but the quality isn't good and stuff just have a good TV good beer lovely snug candlelit here fucking the three lads bit of bromance going on and it's just a fucking lump. it's a lovely setting but um, we're here anyway joined by Smurf tonight and uh, just before we get into the nitty gritty of tonight's snugcast Smurf I just want to ask you a few bits about your own stuff that you've got going on so uh, I'd love to know how did the Thursday Thursday show come about so it's a bit of a kind of a, a long-winded one, so it kind of ties in with how I started with stand-up and stuff like Sorry, that. So we need to fill content. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I, I, the stand-up comes in. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll brush, I'll brush over that when we go into that. So I was doing like stand-up comedy gigs and stuff around Watford, and then we ended up kind of running a gig, and we need to promote it, obviously. And somebody knew someone out of open tempo, and we went deadly. Let's get on your show. Let's have a chat about stand-up comedy and promote gigs. They were like sweet cool, so it was like me and two other dudes, and we went up and uh, everything was grand. Chatting with your man, just kind of went, look, we're on FM radio. Mind your p's and q's, no swearing and stuff. Like it's different than podcasts where you can kind of FM blind do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, it's fucking great. I can feel the freedom already coming over me. It's great. But um, 
and that was grand but then we went up and done it it was me and two other guys and the two lads effed and fucking blinded out their fucking ears like do you know what I mean and, and then we kind of got on to your man again being like hey we're doing another gig can we come up and promote it and he was like yeah but two boys can't come it's only Murph because Murph's the only fella up here who wasn't fucking swearing or doing that he's the fella who followed the rules and I was like yeah okay cool no bar and then I ended up getting known a couple of guys through open tempo ended up featuring on loads of different shows and all that kind of stuff that was cool um, and then one lad's like listen I'm going to America for six weeks uh, do you want to fill in my slot and I'm one of those people I say yes before I think about the fucking question yeah so um, I say yes knew nothing about doing a radio show ended up going up there filling your man six weeks people liked it so then I ended up, it didn't actually start on a Thursday. Uh, it was actually originally called the Saturday Morning Cure. And it used to be at 10 o'clock on a Saturday, which used to be a fucking disaster. Because Friday night, out in the beer, going bananas, whatever. And then I'd wake up at like half nine, and be like, oh, what's going on? What used to be worse is if I was down the town and I pulled a girl, I used to have to be tender. Yeah, I have to go do a radio show in the morning. So you'll have to head over and she'll be like, oh, yeah, whatever. whatever. What a bullshit excuse. And then I'd be there at like half nine in the morning and be like, like yeah you have to head out and she's like this is fucking bullshit I had to pull out like the Facebook page <laughs> like it's real look it's real I used to happen every week <laughs> but um so we ended up doing that for and then eventually I was like lads I need to swap over to a fucking tur- an evening slot so they swapped this into the Thursday show myself and my brother ended up doing it and then we kind of found he'd be working on a Thursday evening or I'm off fucking doing a gig or something like that so then we brought a load of other people so it's actually six of us involved now so we brought one of our mates Amy who is lover to bits very very dear friend of mine put me to bed the other weekend like a legend <laughs> a session head the same as myself um, she does a lot of technical stuff for us now and there's my brother obviously in the studio as well and then we have three people that phone in as contributors so we have Mark the Dub, who is obviously a lad that's made for us, and he's a dub. <laughs> and then we have two comedians, Sean Marshall and Therese Cal. They call in every week. We just talk about loads of different shit. But the cool thing about it is because, like, I see, like, with your show, you do, like, a revolving kind of cast of people. And you can see, like, it helps kind of change up the content of what you do all the time. So all your shows are uh, uh, totally different. And that helps with us as well. But the big thing is that say I'm off doing a gig and somebody else doing something somebody else there's still like three four people to do a show you know so that's that's kind of how all that built out no excellent because like the thing and the thing the great thing about it is is he, he put it out as a podcast about because like Thursday 6 to 8 I'm usually preparing for this or doing something else so I don't have time to tune in so usually for me it's catching up on a Friday if I'm in work and have access to a podcast and throw it on or the weekend driving somewhere so like it, it's a lovely format because you can catch up like it's a great show to listen to um, and any of our listeners who have a couple of hours free a week and you're saying geez I need to find a new podcast to fill that gap Thursday Thursday show is a great way to start and then um, fuck it lads we, we love the buggy because uh, I do enjoy listening really do get good, uh, like you can tell that you re- just like I hope it comes across when you listen to this show that we really enjoy doing it and we actually yeah. enjoy each other's company but like it seems the exact same kind of vibe in the Thursday Thursday show yeah I mean like the huge thing about it is that like like I said the, the real kind of core of it like was me doing it by myself but then I brought my brother in and people really enjoyed that because it's me and my brother there's only like a year between us we obviously have this like really cool kind of LinkedIn thing that we know each other's talking about but we get these great arguments and stuff and it was good kind of banter between us and then everybody else we brought in has just made it wilder and crazier than it's ever been you know and everyone who listens to it is just like oh I love this one or no I love when you go off on a rant or I love when Trey's calls in and she has a crazy song or Sean will ring up and he'll have this crazy like scientific theory that's really popular that week and we'll kind of discuss it but 
I'm dumb as shit. So I'll put a really stupid spin on it and he'll be like, correct me on it. It's just, there's loads of different dynamics to it now, which is great to have. Actually, can I ask you, because I find that with the, that with the, the snowcast is that uh, oftentimes, like, I listen back on a thing and go like, you're a fucking idiot. Like, what the fuck have you said? Like, as in, no one's gonna like that. And like, uh, like the thing with like us as a podcast, like we can edit and we can cut stuff. Like, you know, so um, like now we very rarely do cut anything from it. Like, it's unless it's libelous or something like that. But like, um, like, but like, say like, oftentimes like, I'm like, should, should we cut that? Like that? That's probably like horrendous. And then it's like afterwards you get like perspectives from other like from, from our listeners that are like fuck I absolutely love that bit like you know and it's just like I think it's funny like because something that you think isn't funny or like it's stupid or whatever can be like you know a, a, like a completely different take from, from the listeners. Do you ever get that kind of feedback like? Yeah like we do the whole thing of obviously like we do a live two hour show and that's the podcast and I believe in the whole element of if it's gone out live why can't I put it off exactly, like, yeah, exactly yeah. as it is well you can't take it back if it's going to play you know what I mean that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. exactly the thing I'm talking about so if anyone's even like tuned in for five minutes and then they go back list to the whole thing and be like I remember hearing that and I've been pulled up like and people will be like did you cut stuff out I'm like no we don't do it people will get on to you about stuff if they hear it live so it's kind of it's kind of that whole thing that's what I love about it is just that we do the live show people tune into the live show they text in they put in requests for songs and they'll give out to us about stuff like me and, me and my brother will go on about UFC for like a good hour we take up two hours of that whole show just talking about <laughs> UFC and we've had people just text in being like will you shut the fuck up <laughs> sucking Conor McGregor's dick and just fucking actually I'll tell you a brilliant story so it, 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 used to happen, it, it happens to me every now and again that somebody will just kind of turn around and go I recognise your voice you're your man off open tempo because yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be like one of the main guys on it I've been doing it for about three years or so now it started happening to me brother the last one the last couple months a couple months ago what happened to him was talking away in the pub to the, and a fella turned around and goes Are you on open tempo he said, yeah yeah I'm here he goes two minutes and he goes what the fuck's going on here this fella brings over his brother he goes me and the brother are up in cash doing a job the last six weeks every Thursday when we come back we listen to your show what the fuck is up with you and Yo Romero why do you love Yo Romero so much like, and he was like man have you never seen him wrestling when he was in the Olympics imagine Adam <laughs> yeah we we I, I think it's happened to us twice like actually it happened to us the last time we recorded in Grady's Yard a couple of weeks ago uh, like a listener actually Pat Man shout out to Pat <laughs> if, if, you're, if you're driving up to Carlo to work how are you getting on hope it's a good trip uh, this guy Pat came up and he just like gave us a few lovely compliments so here's you Pat we're fucking clinking the glass to you um, but yeah fucking thanks a million for that so um, comedian musician chancer uh, actually lads it gives, gives more of a follow on Instagram there because he keeps updating his Tinder by opening up on Instagram <laughs> I've really, really, really gone to fucking town on them and I even put up a thing the other day and it's, it's in my stand-up set now that I, that's all I pretty much use Tinder for now is actually just putting up really dumb Tinder bios <laughs> to see what comes out I've never been on it but like, I can imagine if you are like I've never been on it but like, I can imagine like, like it's a kind of thing I don't know do people even read them like I've the, the funny thing about it is like 
like I'm constantly doing that but the worst thing is that when I come up with one that I think is funny I go no 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 this is funnier and I edit it but the, the people I've already matched with are getting updates of oh, this God, yeah. so it'll be like yeah it's like a notification thing on it so that will like you'll see me they will see me put up a, a bio or whatever and then I'll go no I'll take this word out and replace that and then that will come up and then I'll do it something else, uh, and, do something else. Uh, and then eventually I cut it out and put it up on Instagram and stuff like that top <laughs> quality top quality so lad, that's, uh, that's the intro there now uh, we're going to take a piss break because for some reason my bladder has decided to shrink tonight and uh, we'll be back with a couple of questions for Smurf and uh, we'll have a chat around a few bits between the three of us thanks a million for staying with us here's the tune Right lads, so we're back in the room and uh, we're here, we're joined, DJ here, joined by Owen, joined by Sean Murphy, Thursday Thursday show, and uh, lads, I want to put something to you, so Sean, you've done a lot of stand-up comedy in your time, I want to know, like, you know, obviously there's good stand-up comedians, bad stand-up comedians, just like there's good television comedy shows, sitcoms, bad fucking TV sitcom shows, I'm looking at you, the Big Bang Theory, and uh, I just want to know, what do you think is the key difference between TV comedy and a format like a stand-up comedy or an improv so Sean I'll go to you first as the comic in the group we're both just fucking Egypt um, I suppose I suppose I can kind of like I can talk from my own experience of I encourage anyone go to a stand-up club or night or whatever like because the thing is you'll go and see like like say a stage show like a, a well-known comedian would do a show in the Sears Royal of Waterford and that's a very polished hour show that they're doing and that's like something you'd see on like Live at the Apollo or all those TV shows that you see I would encourage everyone to go to a night where it's comedians you've never heard of there's eight or nine people on the lineup, and there's people going in there trying brand new stuff that is like comedy at its rawest form so that can and that can be an amazing thing to watch because you can either watch somebody go up and kill, flatten, like set a room on fire, or you can watch someone die on their arse. Which are two like amazing things, two like amazing spectacles to kind of look at. TV comedy is a very different thing. I had a discussion with this about with another comedian recently, and we we're talking about what would you do if you were a writer for a TV show or whatever. And you'd be saying to yourself, "Well, I'm a comedian." So I'm not going to give all my good jokes to this. My good jokes are going to go into my stand-up comedy set. My okay jokes that aren't great, whatever, they'll put it into the TV show. And then somebody will hold up a cue card that says laugh. And then everyone will laugh. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So there's, there's, there's those kind of comparisons. But then again, there's people that like produce TV shows. They know how to do it. And there's people that specifically write TV shows. And that's what they do. And they're amazing at their art form as well. So it, there is kind of a counterbalance between two, but I'm like coming from where I'm at with uh, as a performer and then as my just love of the art, I encourage everyone go see a stand-up show where you've never heard of anyone on the bill, where it's just like the fella who works in the deli down the road and some fella he works in a factory up there, whatever, and they're doing stand-up because they could be some of the greatest nights of your life, and you wouldn't even realise it, you know. Well, I think that's a great point because some lads like that, some lads that you know you just know from about the place, or some lads you know from the pub scene or whatever, and they'd be brilliant with one-liners and timing. 
But stand-up comedy is a different thing because you're telling a story or you're trying to deliver one-liners in a different way. Um, Owen, what do you think about it? TV ver- TV comedy versus stand-up, where are you at with it? Um, so, like, something that I only kind of learned, say, in the last, like, one or two years was that, like, if you're starting off as a stand-up comic, right, like, so, like, I suppose, like, like, you're, like, for us, when we're looking at stand-up comedians and we're, we see them on TV and we see, like, these, you know, stand-up specials and, like, Live at the Apollo and all this kind of stuff, like, you know, and they have, like, these 15-minute sets, but, like, as Murph was saying, like, when you're starting off in comedy, you, you start off with, like, a three-minute or like a, like a, you know three minute two minutes like set like you have your like you know one two three jokes that you, you you start off with and then like you know you build on your set and you're like okay you know like you try out those two or three jokes you know two of them might be good then one of them might be an absolute flop or whatever right yeah and then you, so then you keep those two jokes and then you try a new joke or whatever yeah. and then so then then you have three good jokes and then you try and build to a five minute set and then you try you know so it's it, it like it's this iterative process where like you're building building and I was just like like I was listening to the, this um, it's like a video game podcast uh, kind of funny um, in the states and like like one of the guys on, on that uh, Nick he's um, he likes just it was like one one day he was just like oh look I want like this is something I want to do like you know he said like I find myself kind like kind of funny on uh, this podcast but like I actually just want to prove myself that I'm actually funny to a like a live audience and stuff so anyway like he started off and, and, and did this thing like you know so like I like I never like realised the whole kind of process of it and like you know like going out and like like building your set and making it bigger and um, I was actually uh what are the uh, f- uh, the boys uh, Foil Arms and Hog you know they do the sketch shows the improv stuff on um, Facebook right so uh, my girlfriend Kira would be a big fan of them and like she's always like oh have you seen the one about them going to the shops or whatever and I'm like no I haven't like, I'm, like, but like she's like literally addicted to them like, you know but uh, so I think it was at, um, last year we went to <coughs> one of their stand up shows in Theatre Oil in Waterford and uh, like they had their they had like their their um, like their sets and like you know it was very formulaic and like you know yeah. rehearsed and everything as you're as you're saying like you know um, but then like there was like these aspects come in where like this guy came in you know this guy came in late and like they like you know made him put on a, like a high vis vest and like he was the you know the marshal and stuff but they were doing shit on on the spur of the moment like. Be, and like it was a thing whereby like somebody in the theatre oil was wearing a like had a high vis on like uh, Marshall there had a high vis and that they like they were like swap you know swap with him swap with him uh, you're now the marshal and you know you have to give you know whoever's whoever's the next person who's late in they get they're the marshal then like you know and it was this thing and you could see like it got such like an uproariously good laugh from the crowd that like you could see they were like this has to go into our show do you know and it was just like like seeing that like live fucking 
building of comedy and like you know like that like you know obviously audience interaction and stuff it's just so so good like you know and like you don't get that with TV shows you know because it's that whole thing of you've actually given like a brilliant description to the way like how stand up comedy is actually written because it's a fucking weird art form to be honest with you because I played a band since I was like 13 right and when you're in a band you go into a shed you practice loads of songs you go and play you can't do that with stand-up comedy or improv as the lads in Fire Arms and Hog do the whole thing is that I write stuff down and I go I think that's funny and you know the only time I think that's funny is when I go on stage and I find out if it's funny or not yeah, yeah, there yeah. is no like doing it into the mirror or you know doing it for two or three people and they say it's funny right? you have to go out and do it at a gig I suppose as well like, yeah. like if you're if you're practicing it like so like with a song, you know, you can like I suppose you can, with a with a joke, you can iterate on it, use a word, gain a word, or whatever. But like the joke is ultimately going to be the same. Like it's going to be the same punchline esque. Like you're going, you, you can say like you know, you can quicken up the joke or you can elongate it or whatever. Like, you know, but like. I don't know you're still just like finding out there and then if it's funny or not like, yeah. and like you're, you're probably going to find it less funny the more you say it to yourself yeah do you know what I mean but like, that's, mirror, that's, like. that's kind of the thing of like I've been carrying around jokes that I've been doing for years at this stage like you know I started doing stand up about four years ago and I'm still doing so many jokes that not that I started out with but came in kind of very early into my set but I've grafted them and I've done them 101 times in front of audiences and, and I found that they, and I record all my sets and I listen back to them and I find that okay I done that that night and that's what worked so that needs to go in as part of it now and this kind of stuff and that's what you actually have to do as, stand, as a stand up is you only find out when you're performing what's actually funny about it and then you add on to that and you, and you just kind of slowly kind of cultivate it and craft it into the thing you know I think that's my take on it is like you know I find with stand up comedy it's you're writing your own set whereas with TV comedy it's a some, most of the time it's a cast of writers and it's a team of writers and it's been like basically synthetically formulated to be synthetically funny like you said and then there'll be a cue to laugh and all this stuff whereas like with stand up comedy it's so raw um, but I do think as well <clears throat> that synthetic element is, they're kind of there for a lot of I suppose major comedians now because like I suppose they're full time at it it's what they do the whole time and they have it polished to the centre like they they probably do like um, go do small gigs test it out test it out test it out they're afforded the opportunity then put out a DVD where they've got all the vista people after at small gigs whereas you're probably standing in a comedy club somewhere and you've never said this joke to anyone before there's probably 40, 50, 100 people in there and you're up there exposed like you're basically standing there bollock naked yeah, I mean it's it's so like I mean like there's there's two things that there's there is like for the people that do like the live the Apollos and all that like I've had a brilliant text at the weekend was a fella texted me on Friday night and was like why are you doing so one of the comedian mates and was like oh, I'm doing a fucking music gig there's no one in the fucking pub it's cat and he just sent me a picture he goes Dylan Moore and just came into my gig to do a five minute set I was like I fucking hate you so much right now but Dylan Moore came in to do a five minutes he was like right I want to go in he literally just walked into the Inter in Dublin and just went I want to come in and just do like seven. and they were like do whatever you want you're Dylan Moore and like, you have that liability the other thing then is like um, what was I saying? It's that 
yeah, the way I always describe it as, like you said, like you're basically going out, you have this joke and you don't know if it's going to work or not. I always describe it back to when I played in bands. So, like, you know, when you're in a band, it's you and three other dudes. Like, and I'd be playing guitar and singing or whatever. Probably like a balls of a note or fuck up something on the guitar. It's three other dudes to catch it. It's an easy gig. Do you know what I mean? But I've always described stand-up comedy as tightrope walking. You're either walking on the rope and everything is going good, or you fall off it and it's all fucking gone, you know? That actually, that actually is a beautiful segue, unintentionally, because we don't tell any of our guests any of our topics before they come on. <laughs> That's a beautiful segue into just the next, the next point I want to bring up, and the next thing I wanted to discuss with you two lads was, um, like, you're talking about walking a tightrope there. Like, crossing the line in comedy is a very fine line, because, you know, it, ultimately it is comedy. And take the... Take Water for Whisper News, for example, a different form of comedy where they're using satire so often they're saying very controversial things. The reason they're saying them is to ridicule them and show how ridiculous they are. Like they've set up a fake politician going for election thing now. Have you seen this? Yeah, it's But how, like, so again, tomorrow I'll come back to you on this one first before I go to one. Like, how do you, how do you balance that, uh, I suppose, being funny, being edgy, and being topical with not crossing the line like and not and I suppose especially in, in, in a like say when Frankie Boyle and these uh, edgy lads around 15 years ago the world wasn't nearly as PC as it is now so for you as a, a, a fledgling comedian it's, it's probably a very very finer line to balance now than it was back in the days it's, um, it's one of those things that I always think of it as that I do quite edgy stuff and like I'll do stuff that kind of touches the line with very kind of delicate topics the way I try to think about it is I never try and kick a group that's down on the fucking ground already because everybody else is already kicking them and it's boring do you know what I mean Um, in terms of like what's kind of edgy and stuff like that I've seen people that have like they watch someone like Frankie Boyler and they just say controversial things just to get attention and I find that you kind of the thing you actually want to do is you don't want to say things just because they're controversial you want to say things because they're funny I like to do the thing of I like to take something that seems in no way funny how could you get any kind of comedy out of this and make a joke about that because that's the hardest joke you'll ever make you know how do you take something like that's a, a huge disaster or how is something that everyone's so appalled by how can you drag a joke out of that if you can drag a joke out of that I think you're a true comedian because that's kind of the point of the art form you're meant to take things that nobody's meant to laugh at and then make them laugh about it. Do you know what I mean? That's the true point of being a comedian, you know? Oh, no, I think, like, I think, I think that does hit the nail on the head. Like, it's about trying to draw that humour out of a turnip, basically. Like, and I'm, I'm trying to, I suppose, make people just giggle over something that they shouldn't be giggling over. That, like, I, I think... Uh, that, that's something that I always kind of liked about um, say like certain comedians are always hit the nail on the head with that like um, I, I love Daryl Breen because he's able to be very complicated with his comedy and, and use complex ideologies to get it across so like he's funny on a couple of levels and then you take like Tommy Tiernan who, who has his lovers and haters but he has been very funny on the Catholic Church yeah. and that's a very touchy subject especially in Ireland and especially when he was doing the circuits like yeah but it, it comes back to, like I say, that whole idea of that anyone tells you, like, you know, oh, he's done a joke about the Catholic Church. Instantly you're like, oh, how could he do that? But then you, he tells you the joke. Not somebody else telling you the joke because nobody else tells your joke as well as you do. He tells you, you go see him live, you see him do that joke, and you see him making a joke about something that's not meant to be funny, and then you laugh at it. That's the point of stand-up comedy, that's I find. Say like you you you've gone to a few comedy go few comedy gigs, you love a good laugh every now and again. Like, how do you find 
because neither of us have, I, have you ever done, I don't think you've ever done stand up have you done stand up no no neither have I like so how do you find as a I suppose viewer of stand up comedy as, as a customer paying to go in and see somebody tell a few jokes how do you find that cross balance of the line especially in, in modern society where the line is a lot thinner like um, I like I think like as um, like as a comedian you're an artist and like like I think it's part it's part of your trade and it's part of what you do and like you know it, like I suppose yeah as Smart was saying you're not like trying to you're not trying to make a joke about a community that's already down in the dumps or like something that there's no need for a joke to be about like you know um, but I, I suppose the actual the problem is is with comedy from people that aren't comedians so fucking whatsapp groups where like you get like a fucking I got one today of like a dead rabbit uh, being shagged by a live rabbit and like you know just like just you know like people just like putting this in where like nobody is responding to the whatsapp group at all being like and like you know this is like say like the 20th attempt of humor by like a person like you know and you're like all right like you're like this isn't funny at all like so i don't know i think like you're all like i don't know like humor is meant to bend the fundamentals of reality you're not like you're you're all you're you're making a joke and you're nearly exaggerating like reality you're not like you're not i don't know i don't like i don't think you're making fun like it's the same it's the same with like like 9-11 and stuff it's like like it's such it's such a surreal tragedy that like you know like tragedy is a humor in in shakespeare and shit like you know so like i like i I find like that like like you can like you can joke at these things like you know because it's so surreal like you know and it's just yeah i don't know it's it's just when you get into these like nitty gritty or very like very specific elements and you're like making fun of someone or something that like it's it's you know it's not funny then like you know I think like sometimes with the I say, I say sometimes with the far more serious ones for example like, like a 9-11 or something like that's very pro- provocative of emotions and a mass group of people as long as you don't get personal to a cohort of people then as long as you generalise like like so there's obviously no problem t- taking a piss out of bush over 9-11 or something do you know what I mean because you know we don't know what happened there and all the conspiracy theories so that is a great opportunity for someone to create humour out of a serious topic but also get but also highlight that then do you know what I mean yeah but it's even the thing of like I've been at a million and one stand-up comedy gigs where I've been performing and some of the greatest jokes I've ever seen have been about like gender misrepresentation and you know, like, the, like uh, the death of Princess Diana. I've seen some of them. Uh, like one of the guys I've seen told me said one of the funniest jokes ever about like death of Princess Diana. It was amazing. I won't ruin it. Andrew Dice. I even sees him going around. Go fucking check him out. He's fucking hilarious. He just had triplets though, but he probably won't be doing a gig for a while. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Imagine having triplets. But like. That is, it's like I'm saying the whole having triplets is another tragedy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but it's that whole thing. It's as as, as I say, like it's where a tragedy happens. If you can put a joke out of that, yeah. that like like say like you're saying like you know 9/11 is like I think it's obviously a huge tragedy, just as you mentioned. But I've seen people make 
brilliant jokes about Night Lab. But they're not talking about like the guy who was on the 77th floor in his office writing stuff down. Like, you know, they're making like general jokes around the area of it and you know the groups involved and the politics and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? You kind of like it's not that you have to tread lightly. It's just you have to go about it the right way. Because like I said, you can just say something for just for the sake of being controversial to try and get popular out of it. But if you're just doing that. Like, you're no better than someone on YouTube who's like, oh my god, I was offended today because someone walked yeah. past me and didn't say hello. You know, bullshit. Like, do you know what I, I think, mean? I think as well with, um, with, especially with like the Irish, like we, like we can be like made fun of a lot. Like you know, we've like you know, shite national teams, all this kind of stuff. Like you know, so like if someone makes fun of us as well, or. You know, there, there's no greater feeling than being at a, a live comedy gig and the joke is one of those, ooh, and then like, you know, big laughter afterwards, like, you know. It only takes one gobshade to laugh at that and the rest will follow on. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's actually, it's a mad thing that happens at comedy gigs. I call it the crack. So, like, the shows I go to, like, say, no one's ever heard of any of us that are there. The C-R-A-C-K, not the C-R-A-I-K. I see. So, yeah, I, like, say, I call it the crack. And the whole thing is, you really hope the first guy go up and does it. And what it is, is all these people after coming in, they've never heard of any of the comedians. A lot of people, it might be their first time at a comedy gig or whatever. And nobody wants to let out the big first laugh. Because they're self-conscious and you're sat really close. The comedy gigs are generally sat really close to people and stuff like that. But you need someone to go up first who's a really strong comedian and does a really good joke that makes everyone laugh. Because then you get the crack. And what the crack is then is where someone lets out a big laugh, everybody else lets out a big laugh, and then the atmosphere is rolling. Did you ever put a cedar in the audience? I haven't, but I have when I've organised gigs. Um, I purposely invited people who have really funny laughs <laughs> to stay in the audience. Well, you know, I, I was just thinking there, like, like when you're describing that, I can actually feel, as you're saying, like one person laugh, like feel my shoulders like relaxing, like less tense because when you're in a co- when you're in a comedy, eventually you're tensing up, like you're like, what the fuck is they are they going to say? Uh, no, that was brilliant, lads, because it is, it is a delicate subject crossing the line, like it is really. Uh, I think we we summed it up really well there and curled it well. I have a very random topic for you. We're in the month of February. This episode is still coming out in February, isn't it, Chad? Yeah, Monday, yeah. And uh, I've no idea where we are. Like, uh, my, my sense of what date it is has just completely lost me in the last couple of weeks. January went down for about 18 weeks. And uh, I just want to know, right? Recently, we've had a national holiday, but we didn't get a day off work for St. Bridget's Day. But we get a day off work for Paddy's Day. More sexism in the Catholic Church. <laughs> right. Should Ireland have a national holiday for St. Bridget or do they only not have it because she's a woman? Owen. Uh, no, they shouldn't. Like, that, like... Be <laughs> the sensible one amongst us. <laughs> like, like, Bridget is sound like, you know, and like... She's going to read. Yeah, like the, the like the crack when you're like pri- like if you're a primary school student, day off like because you're at that cross all fucking day long, like, aren't you? Right, okay, maybe not a day off, but at least homework. Off. Come on, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know, like 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 sure, like Paddy's day shouldn't be a day off, like only that. Wasn't there some? There was some. Wasn't there some? Um, a cardinal, an Irish cardinal, I think, back in the back in the day, that was like 
with the, bo- the Borgia in. Yeah, yeah. Some some Irish cardinal who was like, oh, here, that's fucking Paddy's Day, Paddy's Day, Paddy's Day to the Pope. like, And the Pope was all over it, like, because this fella was in his ear the whole time. Like, now, I can be making absolute shite up here, but I'm pretty sure that's, that's kind of how Paddy's Day kind of became a national holiday. Like, I reckon Arthur Guinness had a fucking bat brown paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and there was definitely someone like slipping in because all the breweries at when is this like the 1800s, 1700s? Yeah, yeah. Or so all the breweries up around Dublin then, and they were thinking we'd turn this into a fucking piece up. We get a parade going, it'd be like New Orleans where they have all them brass bands and shit like that. We get a party going. Definitely come to Brown Omelos. I definitely for that. I, I definitely think like they're like. Like, the, like yeah, it's it's such like it's sure it's only a piss up. Like that's all that Paddy says. Like, I like, do you know, like, that, come back to topic. Anyway, Saint Bridget's Bridget Day. Should we be having a piss up there too? Yeah, yeah. It's the perfect day. First of February, like you're over the day we generally. Can I just ask one question? What day does Saint Bridget's Day fall on? First February. First February. What day? Day. Well, it depends on the year. Will we get a bank holiday That's year, this year. That's what I'm saying. Like, we would, would we get a bank holiday? This year, this year. Uh, but like, that's what the yeah, feminists should be arguing about. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Biddy, like, uh, just look, just, there's no one. Soundbird, like, she doesn't want to cross the <laughs> Soundbird, yeah. I'm just all obscure. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. She taught the people. Who was the one with the the ever growing cloak? Are you sure this isn't a Harry Potter character? No, you know the one who was just like, oh, you know, I'll I'll take a field the size of me co- of me cloak. And I vaguely remember what you're on about. Yeah, Sarah Sharon. <laughs> Made mistakes. Yeah, that's how she got the fame. She 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 inherited a lot of land road frontage. So yeah. Anyway, no, no is my answer. You say no. We should. No. I always knew he was a sexist pig. I genuinely right. If if we are a Catholic country, which you know, a declining amount of the population, but still a significant amount of population, say we are, and we have a patron saint in Patrick, and we we have a patron saint in Bridget, and we have, I think we have another patron saint that nobody knows about. But like Bridget is a prominent patron saint; she has the day and everything. So like, if Patrick says a national day, I don't see why Bridget's day isn't. Now I know what you're saying; the economy probably can't handle another national holiday. But like, first of February is a great time to have a day off. It's a great period of the year. Well, I mean, like, even when you think about first of February, got bank holiday out of that, and everyone was doing dry January, and you were running into a bank holiday then. That's what I'm saying. We could call it Hepatology Friday or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you definitely. You definitely. But imagine that, like, it looked great. Obviously, I, 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 I see it, man. Like, it's, like I've been gigging places and stuff like that. Bars just aren't as busy anymore unless there's something on in February. Like, do you know what I mean? The last couple of weeks. <laughs> but that. <laughs> But that would definitely, I think that would be amazing. If we got a bank holiday running into February, everyone could go off the beer. That would, be some, that would, that would take over Paddy's Day. But you're, you're like six weeks into Paddy's Day then, like you're six weeks ahead of Paddy's Day. So here's my overall vision for it. You've got Christmas, New Year, torn down, Bridget's Day, torn down, Paddy's Day, summer. 
Well, you watch Easter. Paddy's Day Easter or something. What you could do is you take the, the January off after all the crazy drinking over Christmas and New Year. Bridges Day kicks in. The training kicks back. <laughs> you start doing the circuits with the points again. It's pre-season for Paddy's. Pre-Paddy's Bridges Day. But then the feminists give out about that like no. Part of the proper season. Um, I, I think St. Bridges Day should be a legitimate thing. I, th- I think I've convinced you on. Yeah, I think so, actually. I'm, I'm all for it. So are you saying now that Christmas, as in Jesus' day, is the new preseason for Biddy's day? No, what I'm saying is Christmas is like the Champions League final. Okay, okay. January is the off-season. Yeah, January is July. And then St. Bridges' day could be like the charity shield. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way to So we're talking mid-January and pre-season. Is it? Yeah, when you crack on dry January, you're like, fuck this. <laughs> yeah. I want to go out to the fucking pub. But this ties in with something. I was talking to Sonia, one of our friends that's been on the Snowcast before. Like, uh, Son, me and Sonia went for dinner there last week and we were saying everybody should go on holidays in January. So January could be like your uh, pre-season tour to the States or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, or your, pre- your pre-season tour Lanza. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. Gran Canaria. Yeah, it's something like that, like or, yeah. or a caravan in Tremor, depending on your budget. Yeah, <laughs> yeah depending on yeah, exactly. Lens is not too bad these days. I tell you what, it's probably cheaper than Tremor. <laughs> They're fucking amusements. <laughs> Them slots will fucking get you, like. Yeah, slots will get you. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that was, that was I got. We got a lot more bridges then. <laughs> to be fair, uh, maybe start wrapping it up there, lads. Just like there at Anfield, they all fucking disappointing night for Liverpool. Uh, no, I know, I'm not watching that. I'm not watching that. Um, so a few of a new club come now, I believe. I do, sir. So, um, at the time of recording today, I was actually sitting down with the guys in the road gallery. People in Walford will know it's the place that's just across from the Hub Bar. Um, we're looking at setting up what is basically um, a club set in the style of, like, if anyone's been to New York or London and places like that, the way clubs and open mics are set up there, that people go in to do a five-minute spot, it'll be new material or people just starting out and stuff like that. And... Um, details of that are going to be coming up very soon and all that we're looking to start that March 11th Is it's going to be a Monday night just in time for so, Paddy's Day exactly <laughs> and um, you Bridges <laughs> but um, the idea with it is we're trying to like help build a comedy scene in Waterford because there isn't very much going on with it at the moment and I do want to see like because like I say I meet a million and one people I think they're funny as fuck I think they could read I think they're funnier than a lot of people that I meet in stand-up circuit not the people I know and do gigs with you're all cool but other people admit <laughs> but there's still yeah but there's people I know in Waterford that are absolutely hilarious I'd love to see them doing something I'd love to see more Waterford people do because we have a brilliant sense of humour here you know what I mean talk about Irish people being like self-deprecating and being able to put it to other people Waterford people are the best at doing that They're more so than anyone I've ever met in my whole life so the idea of it is, is we're going to have a form up on the road gallery page very soon if you've ever thought of doing stand-up or you know a friend or anything like that referring to it you just put your name down and there'll be 20 slots on the night everybody gets five minutes everybody's going in doing the same thing man everyone's either starting out or trying out some material they never tried out before and 
It's going to be a really cool, sportive atmosphere, and we just want to get people involved in the head building comedy scene, you know? That's amazing. It's brilliant. I can't wait to go up and make a fool of myself. Would you be up for it? Would you? I'd have a crack off it for a laugh, like, you know, I'd make an absolute dope myself. I wouldn't know where to start, but I'd definitely be up for it. I would put it to you, as a snowcast and as a challenge team, would you get up and do five minutes? Is there alcohol allowed on the premises? Bring your own cans. No, that's a, that sounds amazing. Oh look, definitely we'll support you now and fucking. Yeah. I show up and fucking tell a few jokes. They'll be terrible, like, but. Speakers have kicked in there, so we start wrapping up. But I can't, can't wait to show up. Can't wait to go and uh, have a look at a few other eaters making gobshed themselves as well. But uh, I'll definitely make it up myself on stage as well. Look forward to that now. Yeah, yeah, so will I. Like, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's an idea of flirting with over time as well, like, you know, like uh, doing stand up and stuff, like, you know, because. Uh, it just always seems like such an attractive thing. Like just uh, like I've al I've always been a fan of making an absolute idiot of myself anyway. So like, why is not gonna like somebody else uh, laugh at me anyway? Like instead of you could just get up and stage and do the Michael Flatley routine that you did at the more Christmas party. It'd be fucking brilliant. <laughs> Anyways, lads. Um, out of, I've actually had a fucking lovely evening here in Tully's. It's been absolutely fucking magic. Uh, Smurf, we'll definitely have you on again. This this has been a fucking pleasure. And uh, if you're ever stuck for a slot on Thursday, Thursday, give us a show. You never know what we're doing. Absolutely, lads, no matter. I look like I said, I'd stick you to doing a five minutes. Uh, start right now, like you got like a month. So you got a month to write five minutes. This time next month, I need to come up with five funny minutes. Some lads would say since this launch in September, I haven't put five funny minutes together. <laughs> 30 odd episodes so uh, listen lads another episode of Snowcast again if you listen to the, the podcast you don't follow us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter we get more listeners than we have followers on any of those social media so like please like us if you're on iTunes uh, rate us give us a 5 if you don't give us a 5 you're a cunt and if you're on anything else if you can rate us or subscribe or whatever uh, have a look like we mentioned in previous podcasts we'll be doing the videos they'll be coming out soon enough uh, just basically we're a bit tech tarded and trying to figure out how to edit videos at the moment but you look all we are is a bunch of fucking idiots going on enough time in our hands uh, looking forward to all that coming up thanks a million for staying with us Shingling the Snowcast Slaunch you can fall see you next week you bastards Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.